0: for baby, it's not mine, Our no chance we're crossing the same roads, all at one time, even if you say it come in no time, to beg out gracefully, one thing I know for sure, there'll be no doubt when you see. Right smack dab in the middle of it. Right smack dab in the middle.
1: We are. Right smack dab in the middle of it. Right on the schedule. The Secret Truth.
2: Through forgiveness, we awaken, transforming information and knowledge into wisdom. And now, our co hosts,
3: Charlotte Littlefield and George Butler. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. This is the beginning of the second hour. Welcome back, Alan Watt. Pleased to be here. Okay, we've got Mike. He's Aussie from Down Under. Uh, What's your question for Alan Watt?
4: Yeah, I I wanted to ask, Alan, do, do you think literally it's possible that Americans have lost all the territory they gained in the American War of Independence.
1: Absolutely,
3: yeah. What do you see happening from here, Mike?
1: Uh, it's
4: jake
3: Oh, chipe. I'm sorry, chipe. Well, what do you see going on uh, down in Australia? What's happening down there?
4: I, I'm from Australia, and I left Australia because I couldn't listen to the English lunacy anymore. Just people in the street, you know, broadcasts over the radio about terrorism, and so I went to Brazil, where I I wouldn't understand anything.
3: Yep. And what was Brazil like?
4: Well, it's a different country, man, but it was damn sight better than what I was having to put up with in Australia.
3: Oh, I see. Are you you calling from Brazil now, or what?
4: Yeah, I'm calling from Sao Paulo.
3: So I'll
4: talk to your guy that but he didn't, I think the connection was breaking up at the time, sorry
3: Okay, yeah. well you're but coming uh, through
4: About that uh, you know, they really how many people there have been hundreds of thousands died in the American War of Independence and it's, it's like you've lost that You know, and if America falls, Australia is going to fall, Canada will fall, Britain will fall everyone you know is looking to america i'm fighting at america with you know trying to wake people up my targets are always americans in in my activism but literally all that blood for nothing now
1: isn't it they give it all back yeah what you've got is again a piece of paper and the next generation comes along and they think it's already been done. It's like the death of Jesus Christ is done, so we don't have to do anything anymore. The bankers were in right away, right away, uh, reestablishing themselves. And now, you, you, now you're you voting for multimillionaires on either side, either party, who all belong to the same class, who all have the shares in the same big international corporations, have all been CEOs of big corporations, general lawyers. And so there are different class of Americans. They see themselves as America and they see the rest of the public as simply the base for taxation to fulfill all the little projects across the globe. So, yeah, it's well and truly over. You you cannot fix something that's completely corrupt. You can't fix it, unfortunately. Uh, This idea of even fixing the monetary system by a new world currency is just bandaging up the old until we're under even worse tyranny by the same internationalists as we have now. Uh, Politicians pretty well as we've seen uh, more openly over the last few elections in all countries, including the U.S., are completely international. And Obama, for instance, kept talking about uh, world citizenship right out of uh, the CFR and Mr. Rockefeller's manifesto. He gives out world citizenship awards to all the top newscasters that become your daddies. We grew up watching them and believing everything they say. We've been run by internationals my entire life in every country on the planet.
3: Okay, does that answer your question there?
1: Well, yeah, pretty much. I think we
4: all
1: know the answer. I understand, too, too the problem with Australia. Uh, Australia is just like Britain, where the the people now are so cowed and scared of their own police forces, which are militarized, uh, and they they rove in packs, by the way, on the motorways, etc., and they're allowed to hunt the public. And what they call crime is generally tickets for for, uh, low air in your tire and stuff like that. I mean, the the public are terrified now of their own uh, police, etc., which are thoroughly, as I say, militarized. And the public are all under suspicion being monitored like like own stock, like like uh, cattle, basically. We are monitored like the, the farmer would monitor his own stock. That's what we are right now. And uh, as he says, he's in Brazil, he sees things from a different perspective, he's not being spied upon, watched upon. Um, I understand what he's what he's saying here. The Western world, and all the way to, to the, the Far East, and Australia, is under the same world system of totalitarianism, and we can't allow it to go any further. We must get rid of this whole system right now and find something new.
3: Okay, well, yeah. th- thank
4: you. I was just going to say, it's coming to Brazil. You can okay. see it, it's in television format. But it's not here yet. And so you have police where they don't care about anything. They won't arrest you for anything, for drink, driving, for not having your seatbelt on, for, for anything unless you're dealing... The only thing they care about is cocaine. The only reason they care about cocaine is because they're involved in it, right? But yeah. other than that, you know, it's, it's damn sight short of, of what I left, and that's why I left. And there's a lot of Americans actually fleeing America now. They're going to that's Argentina, right. they're going to get go south.
3: Okay, well, thank you for your call. You're dropping out on us a little bit uh, there. We certainly appreciate your call from Brazil. And call us again. Thank you very much for your call. Uh, there's a there's an uh, interview know, here. Listen in to this. History, William Greiner was interviewed by Bill Moyers last Friday. Listen this to this second.
2: That would crack down hard on Wall Street's reckless behavior. Just in time, it seems. You could almost hear the mob in the streets of Washington as he spoke. Popular anger was beginning to evoke... Unhappy images among Washington elites of the French Revolution, guillotine and all. On the op-ed page of Sunday's Washington Post, William Grider, the veteran political reporter of four decades, suggested a glass half full. He wrote that the public's rage has great potential for restoring a functioning democracy. Timely intervention by the people could save the country from some truly bad ideas now circulating in Washington and on Wall Street. Perhaps no journalist better understands the intertwining twists and turns of government and money, the collision of capitalism and democracy, than William Greider. He wrote the definitive account of the Federal Reserve System, Secrets of the Temple. In the spirit of Thomas Paine, he produced Who Will Tell the People, followed it with The Soul of Capitalism. And now, Come Home America, the rise and fall and redeeming promise of our country. Bill Greider, welcome back to the journal. Thank Thank you, Bill. We saw Secretary Geithner on Monday. We saw President Obama on Tuesday night. We saw Secretary Geithner again on Thursday. And the storyline seems to be we're going to get tough on the financial industry. Your old newspaper, the Washington Post, says calls it a sweeping expansion of federal authority of the financial system, a rebuke of raw capitalism and a reassertion that regulation is critical to the healthy function of financial markets. That's the storyline as I read the week. But if you read between the lines, what's missing? Well, among other things that are missing from that story is that we had the rules and regulations the agencies created some 80 years ago and afterwards to prevent this sort of catastrophe. And these same political players, Republicans and Democrats, holding hands, stripped them away, eviscerated them. The same agencies that these reformers want to put in power to prevent this from happening again, starting with the Federal Reserve, uh, the Securities Exchange Commission, other regulators utterly failed in their duty to do that. Now we're going to give them new power. I'm, I'm
3: offering... A breath of of, of skepticism <laughs> toward. Okay, Alan Watt, that was a little bit of Grider, William Grider, criticizing the Obama administration. We're going to take another break here, and then we'll be right back for our next segment. And uh, what wh- what do you think? Uh, I mean, I mean, this Grider thing. Uh, uh, he comes from that intellectual, you know, what I mean, pool of writers. But at least it's good to refer to. What do you think?
1: Well, it's true, this case, the
3: obvious. Yep. Yeah, right. Okay, we'll be right back.
1: Are you tired of searching for Craig Talk Radio? Well, search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network.
3: Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler. Welcome back, Alan. Wong.
1: I'm happy to be here.
3: Let me ask you a question. Uh, we're not going to play any more of that clip. Basically, what he says is that the uh, Obama administration is falling into the same, you know, cozy thing with with the bankers and the the Fed and all that. Anyway, what what about this this Patriot movement? Is it being trying to be uh, sidetracked by different influences over the last uh, year? Have there been influences out there that have tried to take the so-called Patriot movement and mark it and turn it and redirected into different directions?
1: Well, more than a year uh, the, the Patriot movement was... I mean, the big boys don't sit back and allow things to happen that they're not in control of. They try to get their boys in there and and it and, and Bo Greitz was one of the, the masters of that. He had his own shortwave Patriot station for years and uh, he's he supposedly the most decorated uh, Vietnam veteran etc, etc, who left in his own words, the Pentagon, with hip-pocket orders, ran right after 9-11, just after he came off the shortwave radio um, on the Patriot side with the Patriot program. He, on the congressional steps in Washington, blamed the blowing up of the towers right away next day on those crazy, wacko, black helicopter-seeing Patriots that, that are on the shortwave radio. He didn't mention that he was one of them. So they've had their infiltrators in for a while, They've also put in, put in the New Age there until it's so fantastic with aliens and all the rest of it that if you stick to the facts, you try to keep to the facts with the histories, uh, people have heard about the alien stuff and, and they classify you along with the wackos. So that's called counterintelligence. That That's to be expected because, as I say, the big boys don't let things happen. They try and control every facet of society to make sure their plans will go ahead as projected
3: I see a heavy influence from the East, from Hinduism. Do you notice that there's a heavy flavor of of that that has permeated some of this patriot movement?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's coming in uh, big time, too. Uh, And you also have uh, a a Freemasonic uh, influence, a higher Freemasonic influence. Most Freemasons don't even know it themselves. But once they get up the ranks in Freemasonry, uh, you're introduced into the philosophies, then you go into Hinduistic thought reincarnation, which of course is what the big boys believe in themselves, like Rockefeller, they are uh, not only the most um, evolved genetically uh, with a great leap forward a long time ago that put them above the commoners, but they also believe in reincarnation and so on. This is an old, old society that goes back an awful long time, and there's a religion at the top of it. We see the same religion with the Cathars and Albigensians of of, uh, Europe in the Middle Ages, uh, that was often mistaken for Hinduistic think- thinking because they also believed in reincarnation and, and perfection. And in the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, they call it the Rite of Perfection. The head of the Cathars and Albigensians and Bogomils were called the Perfecti.
3: Sort of like the alchemy of the soul or the spirit. I mean, is it like is it is it it's it's like witchcraft and, and magic that they're practicing, and and yeah. is the magic of how to control and use us and maintain power? Is that sort of the magic of the whole thing?
1: Pretty well. It's a form of see. All symbolism is a language, and your subconscious mind tends to understand archetypal images, as uh, Carl Jung talked about. So when you string them together it actually has effect in your surroundings. Remember, couple that with with the findings of Skinner, the behavioral psychologist, and he said that if you want to alter people's behavior, you alter something in their environment. Well, you can't go anywhere now without seeing either obelisks or or pyramids or uh, uh, five-pointed stars or six-pointed stars or or symbols on architecture to do with the zodiac and so on with all the big multinational corporations that's not by accident and if you look at the logos of the big banking boys uh, it's the same thing I look into the, the, the coat of arms of the rothschilds and you'll be astounded if you understand what you're saying
3: right those symbols mean a lot because and people they use those to come what communicate to one another
1: that that's absolutely to communicate to and to show their the rank in the system but also, it's almost a spell on the public. We get used to seeing these things, and we don't realize, we don't really know why we're feeling dejected or, or um, apathetic. It's, your mind is being conquered in so many different ways. Yeah.
3: You know, uh, you did some work recently on what? The, uh, the altar of uh, Pergamos? Is that right? The. What's that? Uh, you, you did some work uh, recently on this altar that they moved from uh, uh, Pergamos?
1: I don't think I, uh, did, I've discussed that one.
3: Was that you or someone else?
1: It must have been someone else, yeah. Well, I've, I, I've, I, did dis- I, just, I did discuss the fact that uh, when the bankers moved in, uh, again, and I know who they are and people get misled as to who they think they are, but um, uh, they, they, they brought in uh, Egyptian obelisks from Egypt and planted them on the Thames, okay. where the four major banks are. Uh, when they had the French Revolution, they, br- they brought one over there too and put in front of their big uh, palace. Uh, They also built a pyramid uh, where the Bastille was uh, uh, for a while, uh, and they had the goddess of reason there. Um, They also brought a pyramid into the park in New York from Egypt. Uh, Washington was the first one to be given a brand new uh, uh, obelisk, I should say, not pyramid, but obelisk, a brand new obelisk. Uh, in the traditional Egyptian style, and we think this is all normal. Now, this is a very, very old organization. Yeah,
3: I, I should say the city of Pergamos. Is that right? Is that the, yeah. correct? Now, Pergamos was the uh, the imperial cult city of Rome, uh, I believe. Uh yeah, What, yeah. what a worship of the emperor as god is that? And Pergamos mm-hmm. was uh, well. The 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 altar there at Pergamos was excavated and moved to Berlin. Yes. Mm-hmm. and set back up, and they created a whole new Pergamosa museum there. Now, mm-hmm. is Germany a center of, of occultism worldwide or, or not? What is that just one of the main centers?
1: It was one of the main centers. Southern, what became France, was, was a primary center bordering with Spain. And out of there came Kabbalah, which was mixed with reincarnation and so on, and Gnosticism, and then sex grew up that rivaled the Catholic Church, uh, with their perfection and their theory of reincarnation, etc., very powerful, very wealthy bankers, and eventually they were not all wiped out at all, as this history goes. They were all over the place in Italy as well. They moved primarily into Germany and those regions there, and they became uh, big bankers in Frankfurt.
3: Yeah, um, you can call us at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If you have any questions for Anna Water or myself, call us at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This matrix is more than just one thing, is it not? It's pretty it's pretty involved at times, is it not?
1: It's involved but not difficult to understand one you understand what the pyramid stands for because you have a capstone or a guiding group at the top. You have all the systems down below which guide and control and, and lord over society. And then you have the wasteland at the bottom that holds it all up. That's the peasantry. That's what the wasteland is. It's the peasantry, those in the darkness, those who haven't the a light, they don't have any understanding. These are the taxpayers, basically.
3: Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> They're the ones that pay for everything, right? That's
1: right. Everything <laughs> comes from, from the people who, who manufacture. Well, that,
3: now, then, then this, this left, they have. do they have a, a gripe to a certain degree, but they're caught up in a system they little understand? Is that sort of where they're coming from?
1: Some of them are, but again, as organized groups that, again, you see, using the dialectic, you guide society to where you want them to go. You create a right-wing group, you, get, you create the opposition, out of the arguments you have compromise or synthesis, and then you start the next thesis.
3: But they don't understand how, how maneuvered and managed they really are. They really think they're fighting this beast called capitalism. Hey, we're you- going to be right back. Thank you for listening. <music>
0: for
3: listening to GCN visit GCnlive.com today welcome back, Alan. I want to move into this segment fast. Uh, did I cut you off? I'm sorry we had to leave for that break. Did you have a few words you want to say about capitalism or what?
1: Yeah, what I was going to say was that the, the dialectic with the left and right nonsense, and Quigley himself said we always give the leaders to both sides. Uh, it's the same with Obama. He's a continuation of the banking boys who are backing him. That's who put him in there. Look who's behind him. Look who he, who's uh, advising him. Right. So they give you new leaders and give us hope for again for a few years as he pushes the same internationalist agenda which Brzezinski and all the rest of them have openly talked about that America must start declining and the rest
3: got you. Okay, Ron from Texas. Do you, what's your question for Alan Watt?
1: Uh, from
2: Alan, what role the scientists and professors and technologists and intellectuals will have uh, in the New World Order, especially once the depopulation program
1: uh, goes ahead? I think the lower ones will start uh, going the same way as the general population uh, to do with sterilization because the um, They might have been living high on the hog as as long as they're useful. They don't realize that everything in this system, that which controls this system, is very utilitarian and pragmatic, and it does not like to have extra livestock around that isn't producing for them. And when they don't have the big populations, uh, they don't need those those, uh, massive bureaucracies either.
3: Okay, Ron, did that answer your question? Oh, okay. Okay, now, Joseph from Texas. Uh, What's your question for Alan Watt? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Yeah, Alan dropped off the line there. Uh, Ron, are you still there? Okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, How about Joseph? Put him through if he can come through. Okay. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, we're going to bring them back on. Uh, we had some trouble there, technical problems on some of the phone systems or whatever. But uh, we're talking about, we started out with uh, G20. Uh, we're, we're getting into the new world order and the the, the, the world system. We're, we're talking about world systems here. Now, l- l- let me tell you about world systems, okay? When we're born into the world, we begin to think, and there is a system of thinking that begins at birth. This system of thinking is—we're uh, insinuated, we're 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 uh, seated in by our parents at the at the beginning, and then later on, our friends and our schools and our colleges and our universities and so forth, until eventually we have a system of thinking that has been built up in the mind. This system of thinking, and it's called a worldview. We take on religious, political, so forth, and we take in a lot of words, definitions, and symbols. These collectively together act in my in my opinion to to limit us and not to free us but we don't know that and we go through our whole lives uh continually in boxes where we can't really get out of that thinking pattern you know what i mean and that thinking pattern uh, what locks us into that thinking pattern and the inability to escape is a non-forgiveness dynamic We must, the the controllers above us at the real top of the apex of the pyramid or whatever, they have to continue a hate-filled world. And that hate-filled world uh, continues the dominance by them because that's the way they are. They want to dominate, and and, uh, they have to continue to roll down that pyramid ideas that are are judgmental and hateful and hate-filled. And the people at the bottom... They're, they're actually, uh, full of some of this at times and they go out and, and, and transgress against their neighbors and their friends and their parents and their, their loved ones at times. So they just create a, a bunch of hate and, and, uh, non-loving ways. We gotta get back to loving and forgiveness. Now, these groups that are marching, uh, they, these are some of my ideas right here and some of my insights. Um, I talked to quite a few of those people this, this week. I looked at the names, talked to a few this afternoon, and there are some well meaning people in those groups there's one hundred and fifty groups that marched, and there's other groups that are mounting different demonstrations and they're activists so uh, these people are well meaning many of these people they're very compassionate they they're wanting to clean up the country and clean up the the environment uh, they want to quit you know uh, Killing of the of the in the seas, overfishing of the seas. They want to. Okay, welcome back, Alan. What? Yes,
1: I keep getting the the boys in between cutting me off
3: again. Yeah, I, think... I guess we're we're just we're just too important a a, a, a a duo here.
1: <laughs> well, they certainly don't like anything being spoken that's outside the mainstream. You know? Yeah,
3: yeah, that, that's right. Um, so, well, what were we talking about there uh, when we left up? Uh, was so it's
1: to do with the the. Uh basically the controlling groups
3: yeah yeah the control of them yeah
1: um well you see the western the u.n keeps telling us we're going sterile in the west they can't figure out why and they're not worried either which tells you it is the agenda or it would be a crisis and mainstream media like cbc did a a documentary called the disappearing male it's mainly males who are becoming infertile uh, right across the board here in the western world they know why it's all the stuff that's put in to sterilize us in the food and in the inoculations that we get as well, but uh, so see, we're already being killed off. We have nothing to lose. That's what people don't realize. You will never understand the magnitude of what's going to come in the future, what's really happening now, and what has happened until you think the unthinkable, and that is that the war was declared right. upon the public by the eugenicists and the depopulation experts a long time ago, okay. and they actually went across and did it. They, they started.
3: Okay, Ron from Texas, you're back on the line. What's your question for Alan again? You're back on. I just home. have
1: a follow-up question. Go you ahead. are we talking about the role of
2: scientists and technologists and professors and intellectuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes sense what Alan says about a lot of them are going to go by the wayside. But wouldn't in order for them to keep the system intact for dominance of the the uh, lower classes, wouldn't it be necessary to keep a core group of scientists and technologists and educators uh, that would occupy, occupy a fairly yeah. high status?
1: Only as long as it takes to recreate new types of humans, and that's up well on the board from all science magazines to do with cloning and so on, and the brain chipping. I mean, there's, there's, there's no joke with brain chipping. They had it at Loyola University in New Orleans, the first meeting in year 2000 in 2001, one every year since it's always headed by Newt Gingrich. They've had the international experts there who say they have a brain chip there. All they have to do is convince the public to take it. And they said they will do this by making it very, um, uh, making youngsters want it. It'll be in all their cartoons, novels, movies, and so on. Now we're hearing about it now. Oh, they've got chips there, and shortly you'll be able to download all the information like an encyclopedia, how bright you'll be. This is how they're going to sell this to the public over a span of years. About the year 2050, they can literally recreate or create a good, servile, uh, obedient uh, population that they won't have to entertain and give us televisions and music and so on. They'll be very uh, obedient workers and quite content.
2: What you say makes sense, but it seems to me like they would require uh, still a core group of people to
1: maintain this kind of system. Yeah, they'll have uh, technologists and so on, but a much, again, reduced that number. They don't, Most of, of what you're talking about, the managerial class, um, is, uh, are dominating our lives uh, in the social sphere, education, um, monetary, uh, all, down, all the way down to government policies, local government policies, etc. And over police boards, too, and all the rest of it, uh, they'll no longer be necessary. And I used to wonder what Lenin meant when he said, eventually, in this great system, they won't even need police or military. I thought, well, how could you do that? With the nature of humans being as it is unless you altered people themselves they knew this stuff a long time ago what they were going to do (laughs) very good
3: well appreciate it okay ron thank you for calling call back again next week we appreciate your calls okay um it's it's a science all right of how to control people and how to make them do what you want
1: yes it is It's it's a perfect science with with centuries, maybe a thousand, two thousand years of observations of a population.
3: And that behavioral psychology and all that sociology and anthropological stuff, they've got it worked out, don't they? They do. But anyway, we're going to get out there and protest and and tell them what we think about it, right? And try to save a few people, right?
1: It's the only thing we have left, and we must demand what they want us to demand.
3: Okay, we'll be back in just a second. Thank you, Alan. Listening to GCN, the Genesis Communications Radio Network. Welcome back to the Secret Truth. I'm George Butler. Welcome back, Alan Watt. I'm happy to be here. Okay, we've got some callers. We got to move on to real quick here. Joseph from Texas, what's your question for Alan Watt? Uh, good
5: evening. Um, my question is about Babylon. I know that Saddam, during the war with uh, Iran, he was rebuilding it. And I know when we invaded I- uh, Iraq, excuse me, when we invaded Iraq, uh, they made a headquarters there. And is there, is there any symbolic meaning to to that ancient city in, in the future?
1: Yeah, there probably is. In fact, the Stones did one of their albums just before the invasion called uh, Bridges to Babylon. Uh, it's like completing a circle the start of the, the so-called mystery religion tied up with money with priests dominating the minds of the public and controlling them as sciences the sciences of psychology uh, were, were begun there at least recorded there and Babylon was a center of what they called wisdom and wise men and learning and it was in, in controlling societies and whole nations that's what they were experts in and using a monetary system with debt and all the rest of it to keep everyone uh, as a form of slave. So uh, it makes perfect sense that those in the so-called occult would certainly want to complete the circle and go back to Babylon uh, for the grand finale and, and maybe even make that a headquarters of the world. Uh, it's interesting that H.G. Wells said the kickoff to this, this particular war
3: Joseph, Inter- any other qu- uh, comment there?
1: No, interesting, and, and thank you guys. I appreciate all that you do. Call,
3: call us back, Joseph. We appreciate your, your questions and your comments. Thank you, sir. Okay, Dave from Texas. Uh, what's your question for Alan Watt? Good
5: evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? I was going to say that real quick, and I have a question for uh, your guest. Um, I think the U.S. needs to take its sovereignty back. I think we need, like Ron Paul said, we need to get the U.N. out of the U.S., and the U.S. pretty much out of the U.N., World Bank, and the IMF as well, in my opinion. I think we need to repeal the Sixteenth Amendment for the income tax. I think we should repeal the Federal Reserve system, which I think is unconstitutional. I think we need to repudiate the debt for the Fourteenth. Uh, the uh, Federal Reserve, as prescribed in the end of the Fourteenth Amendment, says repudiating debt uh, for all debts incurred against insurrection or rebellion of the United States. Which I believe, since the Federal Reserve is part of the world banking system, trying to undo the U.S. sovereignty, I think it is guilty of insurrection or rebellion in the United States, so its debt is liable to be repudiated constitutionally. Um, I think we also need to give states their rights within our union back, among other things, by letting them repeal the 17th Amendment and pick their U.S. Senate representation, among other things.
3: Okay, let let me uh, uh, stop you here. Uh, Alan, what's your comments and and ideas, views on what he just said?
1: I I know where he he beams. He's quite right in so much of it, but uh, you'd also have to strip and gut the whole system, because They say it's all corrupt at the top with a class. uh, uh, We're all involved with investments with industrial military complex and the globalist agenda. It doesn't matter if they're left-wing or right-wing. Your representative is supposed to be there to represent his constituents. They're not doing that. They never have for hundreds of years uh, because they have a party system. And they always say, well, we can't help uh, our constituents. We must vote with the party. That's what they always tell us. Why bother voting for them if they're they're going to just follow the man at the top? So you'd have to gut the whole system and go back to basics. And and he's right with repudiation of debt as well. I think every country in the world should just write off the debt and tear it up and and agree on that.
3: Yeah, there's these these jubilee, I I believe there's an organization called Jubilee that gets back to this 50-year total release of debt. Uh, David, any other comment real quick? Uh, I have a question for your guest. Um, Okay.
5: One... uh, if, if it's not too long-winded, where, how did he amass all this knowledge on all these issues? And beyond that, um, why does he agree to remain a subject of the Queen by living in Canada, leaving him subject to the royal crown, which is part of this world government system, rather than if he wanted to, he could be in the U.S. and be out from under, US, uh, uh, out from under being subject yeah.
3: okay. to being Queen. Okay, yeah, Please. Alan, what, 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 what's your comment?
1: Okay, I'll tell you, I'll, well, as far as learning, it's taken years to do this and, and being awake my whole life. The second part is, I'd be worse off in the U.S. because you're more under the the English control than I am up in Canada. Carl quickly said it it is the Anglo-American establishment has run the U.S. since since just the the, the late 1800s onwards.
3: Okay, Dave, thank you very much for your your comments and your questions and your call. Call us back again next weekend. Thank you very much. Annie from Texas, what's your question for uh, Alan Watt?
0: Okay, I have a question about eugenics. If you've noticed, the alternative media talks a lot about eugenics, um, and I really appreciate every all the information that it brings and that this show brings, and I agree with what you're saying. But if you've noticed, there aren't a lot of women calling in. Have you noticed that?
3: Thank you, Annie. <laughs> yep. yeah. We applaud you, okay? you're You're a Thanks nice lady. <laughs>
0: I think you're scaring some people off thinking you might want to keep us barefoot and pregnant. Not that I don't see the eugenics of it, but can you tell me if there's a, can you differentiate between the eugenics plot that apparently started in England in the late 19th century and Margaret Sanger's effort to Mm -hmm. keep poor women from just tearing their hair out with ten children? Do you see the distinction I'm making?
1: I know the distinction you're making, but you must remember what Margaret Sanger wrote about in her own books. She really? said the purpose was to get rid of the useless eaters and, and those she, who are of inferior stock. And she was, wrote never, that? Ever, yes, she did, yes. Mm. And, and uh, that... you, you see, she was a eugenicist. She believed in the eugenics agenda and the superior types and the inferior types. She was a member of the American Eugenics Society. Uh, she, was mm. up for, she, she helped promote the best American families who did measure their skulls, photograph them every month, put their magazine out and show you the inferior types that worked with their hands and laborers and so on.
3: Yeah. Isn't there a professor up here at Yale that's uh, very extreme in this area, too?
1: You've uh, had a whole lineage of them from the yeah. 1800s. Uh, Mr. Noyes that set up a eugenics experiment in New York, okay. an Oneida community, who was backed by Charles Darwin. Uh, he, he was in touch with Darwin H.G. Wells later on. Okay. Uh, they watched that community incredibly. Uh, his, noise uh, cousin became the, pre- the the president of the United States. He was back from the very top, and they all went to Yale. You
3: know. Okay, Annie, what what's the other comments or questions that you might have?
0: Well, I agree with Dave that we need to repeal the Sixteenth Amendment. How much do you think? Uh, how much support do you think we would get for that? How much uh, of the Second American Revolution do you think we could get together? to completely just fire the IRS and the Federal Reserve and repudiate the debt. Mm-hmm. Is That'd that would be massive.
1: Yeah, it would be massive because most of the public are sitting watching television right now and soaps and cop shows. Um, they're, they're not in reality. They, they don't really know what's happening. Uh, but but once, the, the food
0: su- the, once the food supply you yeah. know, diminishes and yeah. people are starting to wake up, uh, I'll yeah there's you, a new I... bill
3: they're trying to pass that would shut down farmers markets what 875 yeah. HR 875
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah what what does people do you see that they riot uh, because they're starving uh, that that's not a revolution that's a reaction right. of right. desperation and and so there's no leadership there's no common philosophy if anything the war has been the destruction of culture in America as mm. It's imperative to destroy a common bonding. They've been very successful with that. They said to create apathy, uh, narcissism, uh, and egocentrism. That's happened. People will not help each other out. Uh, And once they're starving, yeah, they'll just grouch together. Then they'll rebel, and it's just a riot then.
0: I have seen that. Now, I just have to get back to this question one more time. Is there no happy medium with, like, contraception rather than abortion? And not eugenics, but and not one child, but rather just take care of the children that you got that you've got, rather than you know. I mean, child abuse is increasing because we're not taking care of the children that we've got. I mean, eugenics is like, or or the concept of you know, kill everybody. I just I don't know. I don't see the world leaders uh, trying to kill every, trying. What about the
3: Club of rum? Hey, okay. we thank you. We thank you for our, your call, though, and your comments and your question, you. Alan. One, Alan, we certainly yes. do thank you this evening for your contributions to trying to get to the truth here. And it's not easy, is it?
1: It's not because people don't really understand the big picture. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the big picture is pretty diabolical and pretty wicked, and it's yes. a lot of people, you know, are, are working towards that. And uh, we want to thank all of our callers tonight. And in, and in, in there's very sincere questions and comments. Alan, thank you very much for uh, for your uh, your being the man you are. Okay,
1: it's been a pleasure, George.
3: Thank you very much. Good night.